As many of you know, we've been in a relationship series uh, all the way from, uh, from marriage, and then we've been on uh, raising children the, the last couple weeks. Uh, and I do encourage you, if you've got kids, if you've got grandkids or somewhere else, you've got friends that, that need to hear uh, some training information, I, I encourage you to get those CDs and, and, and pass them out and listen to them again. You know, we went, had one of them a couple weeks ago, Life's Not Fair. Then last week was Training Up a Child. And we had one communication breakdown with on the marriage. And then, uh, you know, uh, I, the de- delivery on those was probably not very good. But the content of the information and the biblical truths are very good on those. So uh, I encourage you to get those and uh, listen to them again and pass them out. And then Fighting Fair, that was, that was one of them, Fighting Fair, you know. If you go into a relationship thinking you'll never fight, you're going to be disappointed because you will fight. And uh, so it's important on how we fight. You know, a lot of times, uh, well, you should know that many times that verbal attacks are, can be worse than physical attacks. You know, sometimes verbal attacks take longer to heal than physical attacks. Wounds take two or three weeks to heal, right? Well, verbal attacks, many times, they take a lot longer than that. Today we're preaching on discipline is not a four-letter word. Wow. Does anybody know that? It is not a four-letter word. Now, notice this. I uh, mentioned uh, last week that babies do not come with an instruction manual, but actually it does. The babies do come with an instruction manual. There it is. The Bible, the Word of, the word of God is our instruction manual for our children. And if, you, uh, if you're still not sure about that, and you're not sure if God gives us the information we need and the wisdom we need and the knowledge we need to raise our children, you need to read Proverbs. Because all through Proverbs, and actually all through the Bible, but primarily Proverbs and Psalms, there are so many scriptures concerning raising our children. First one I want to look at this morning is Proverbs 22.6, classic scripture. It says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Direct your children. Another translation says, train your children in the way they should go. And, you know, I've mentioned the last couple of weeks about training, and spring training is going on right now, and how important training is. Uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about basic training, and I asked if anybody's been to basic training, and... You know, I'm sure I've never been to basic training, but I am sure it is hard work. Does anybody know for sure if it's hard work or not? It is. A few people that raise your hand. It is hard work. So, and raising children is hard work if you do it the right way. If you do it the way God says, raising children is difficult. You have to stand your ground. Sometimes, I don't know how many kids you got, but sometimes you've got to stand your ground when you've got Two or three or four trying to dissuade you a different way. So training is hard work. You know, and, and I'm sure there's probably even some here that think, well, we're getting tired of hearing about this training. It, you know, it's not that hard. It's not that big a deal. But let me ask you this. I really think, and this is really my, my thrust of the message this morning. You know, we want our children to be trained physically, right? No. Does anybody here have a 16-year-old that's not potty trained? Huh? I better leave that alone, haven't I? 
So, okay, so training is important. We want our children to be trained. We want them to be potty trained, right? Well, that's in the natural. Well, let me tell you that there's something even more important than training our children in the natural, and that's training them in the mental realm and also in the spiritual realm. Because something worse than a 16-year-old that's not potty trained is a 16-year-old that has no respect for nobody. Woohoo! Come on now. It's true. We see it, we see it all. All you have to do is turn on the TV. You know, I tell you, I've seen some of these videos. Oh my goodness, I just wonder. I, I see these young people just beating the daylights out of somebody, and I think. They have no respect or, or no, they have no concept of life whatsoever. It's tragic to see that. You know what happened? A lack of training. A lack of a mom or a dad that put their foot down and said, no, you, you don't talk to them like that. You don't talk to me like that. You don't talk to your brother and sister like that. Training. We've got to train them and let them know what is right and what is wrong. So we can all agree there is nothing good about a young person that's not potty trained. How about brushing your teeth? How about that one? Did everybody brush your teeth here today? Did you? Ask your neighbor. No, 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 don't do that. No, no. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus wants to teach us. He wants to show us. He's talking about the word, Matthew eleven twenty eight. We've got it for you here. And it says, then Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And, and, and that goes true for today. If you are here today and you're weary and you're just wore out, and you're carrying that burden, Jesus says he, that he will give you rest. Go ahead. Now notice this. He says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle in, at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Now, now the, the word I want to look at uh, right there is yoke. And teach. You see those two words? Yoke and teach. Now let me just tell you, it's, it's not in our culture, it's not a common word. Unless it'd be an egg yolk. And I'm not talking about an egg yolk. But what it's talking about here, in the days of old, they would have a yoke that they would put around an oxen or a cow or, a cow or whatever they, it may be. And what they would do, they would start putting this yoke around them when they were young. Why? To train them because they knew if they waited too long that that big animal, that big ox would be out of control and they'd have no control over that animal at all. Anybody have here kids like that? I've seen kids like that. And see, that's the problem. That's why we have to discipline them. That's why we have to train them because right now, if when they're young, we spend quite a bit of time with them. But I want to give you a newsflash. There will be a day when you won't see your kids maybe one or two hours a day. And that's all you're going to see them. And even though they're home for that long, you might only see them as they walk to their bedroom. 
So we have to train them when they're young. And that's what Jesus is talking about, his his yoke. He says that his yoke, it it says that his yoke, uh, because he is humble, he is gentle, and he will find rest. All of those things are good. We want our children to walk and know all of those things. Amen. We want them to experience that. So we don't want them to reject the teaching. We want them to train them, like Rebecca was saying earlier, we want to train them from a young age, and then as they get older, they will not depart from it. Glory to God. I am so thankful. I was not raised in church, but I'm so thankful I went to vacation or uh, to church camp one, one week. I am so thankful for that. Another one, Proverbs 3.11. It says, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord. And don't be upset when you get corrected. Now, that's talking about, that's talking about us. But, you know, our children, you know, sometimes they're going to get mad at you. If you're a parent and you don't know that, you probably haven't done a very good job parenting. I'll, I'll say it again just so you understand it. If your child has never got mad at you, you have probably never do, haven't done a very good job in parenting. Because there's going to be times when your children get mad at you. Because you are training them. You are instructing them in the way that they should go. You're instilling things inside of them that's not there yet. You are putting things inside of them that they need to go that's contrary to what they want to do. So, so let me tell you, don't get all nervous and, and, uh, and all crazy just because your kids get mad at you once in a while. It's okay. You know, probably more than likely, your kids have lots of friends. They don't need more friends. They need a parent that will train them in the way they should go. It's okay to tell them no. It's okay for them to stand in the corner. It's okay to, to give them a good hard spanking when they need it once in a while. It's okay to do that. You don't have to do that, but it's okay to do that. The Bible does condone that. So it says here, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his, repro- his reproof. Goes on to say in verse 12, it says, For whom the Lord loves, he reproves. And even as a father corrects his son in whom he delights. That's telling us that we have, if we love our children, we have to discipline them. We have to guide them in the direction that God wants them to go. It's a good thing. Discipline's a good thing. It's not bad. Amen. Proverbs 29, 15. We want our children to be wise, isn't that right? I've mentioned the last few weeks, you know that wisdom is actually when we put into action, wisdom is when we actually put into action the knowledge that we have. You see, we can know the Bible from front to back, but if we don't forgive those that despitefully use us, the Bible says, if we don't pay our tithes, if we don't honor the Sabbath, if we don't love our neighbor, we just have a lot of knowledge. 
We have no wisdom whatsoever if we don't implement what the Scripture says. And that's what we want our children to do. You know what? I, I, would, I would rather have a wise child than a whole bunch of degrees behind your name. Yes, amen. Let me tell you what. Let me, I'll give you one more, okay? Your child will be happier if they're wise than if they're not wise and have a whole bunch of degrees behind your name. And as much as I love education, as much as I love to read and study, I would still rather have wisdom than all of those things. Amen. Proverbs 29, 15, it says, to discipline a child produces wisdom. Because, and it goes on, we'll probably read it here in a minute, because uh, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, the Scripture says. But it says here, the discipline of a child produces wisdom. They need that. We want our children to walk in wisdom. Now, keep in mind, it's not going to be an overnight success. They're not going to be walking in wisdom when they're in the seventh grade or eighth grade or ninth grade or tenth grade. That's not, not how it works. But we can start to train them in the way that they should go. Amen. It's a training process. It takes time. You know how long I think it takes? The best of my recollection, it takes about 35 years. Isn't that right? It is. Okay, maybe some of you in your late 20s, you finally got a little bit of wisdom. But for most of us, I was 27, I think, before I had an ounce of wisdom. <laughs> 40. <laughs> Did I hear a 99? <laughs> So it takes a long time, and we can't give up on them, but we got to train them. we got to do what we can right now, because tomorrow we might not have any influence over them at all. You don't know. You don't know. So we got to train them right now. We have to ask ourselves, do we want the best for them or not? You know, I mentioned last week, the seat, you know, some of you might think, well, it's a lot of work, you know, and I don't have time to you know, to do it, and I don't want them helping me in the kitchen because it takes longer. And I told you then, it's not about you. This is work. This is what you signed up for. <laughs> you had a choice, and you made it, okay? That choice is already done. You made the choice, now live with it. Now, you made a choice, now obey God. Bring honor to Him. Raise your children the way the Scripture says. Woohoo! You guys aren't liking this a bit, are you? Man, I'll tell you what I wish. You know what I wish? I wish I knew of the things I've been preaching the last five or six weeks. I wish I knew all this when I was 30. I didn't. I did not. And I wish I did. Oh, how life would be better. Proverbs 13, 24. Notice this. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Why? Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. And I think it's, you know, it's just uh, like other scriptures. Compared to God's love, because God's love is perfect, right? It is perfect. It's pure. It's not tainted by this world, or it's not tainted by this sin. 
So compared to his love, well, if we don't discipline our children, it's as hatred compared to God's love. It's not that you hate your children. You just don't love them enough or love God enough to actually do what his word tells us to do. I know it's hard. I'll read it again. Proverbs 13, 24. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Let me put that a different way. Those who spare the rod don't do the best for their children. Okay? Those that spare the rod, you might even say this. Those that spare the rod do their children a disfavor. You might say that. Those that spare the rod don't do what's best for their children. The message translation. I'm sure a lot of you have heard about that. Maybe some of you haven't. I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I read it once in a while, but it's a little different. It says, a refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Hmm. And it says, love your children by disciplining them. And discipline is not easy. It's hard. Here, here's, what, here's, what I, here's something I learned. <clears throat> See, if you could discipline my kids and I could discipline your kids, we would do a lot better job. Yeah. Because, see, when, you're, when your child's running around and being honorary, I, I don't have a bit of problem to make him sit down or give him a couple of swats or whatever, in the same way vice versa. But see, what makes discipline so difficult is because we love them so much. It makes it hard. Because we don't want to see them cry. We don't want to, you know. So that's what makes it hard. But God says... For us to love them, we should train them up according to Scripture. I wonder who's right, us or you think God? I'm guessing that God is. <clears throat> so we must train our children to stay on track. That's what we have to do. We have to discipline them to stay on track. I mentioned earlier that your children cannot be your best friend. I know sometimes it's good, but somebody has to be the adult. Somebody has to say no. Somebody's got to say, turn that channel. Somebody says, turn, do this, do that, take, do the dishes, take the trash out. Somebody has to be the adult. That's the good thing about being a grandparent. <laughs> Nobody has to be the adult. <laughs> right? It is, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Man, grandparents go, man, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> because when mom and dad come and pick them up, you say, you need to train that kid to do something a little better. Than... <laughs> you need to discipline that child a little bit more. You, the parents need to do it because the grandparents sure isn't going to do it, right? <laughs> mm. You know, our children are a lot smarter than what we think they are. I can't tell you, and I know you have too, how many times I've seen fully grown adults, intelligent adults, be outsmarted and outconned by a second grader. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. Outsmarted by a kindergartner. Okay? Uh, yeah. 
They are smart. You know, I tell you, I, I made one mama mad. Oh, my goodness, I made her so mad. But, but, her, but her, her son was like 22 years old. And I had talked to her numerous times, and I, and I knew exactly where her son was. And, and this was like an ongoing deal over like three or four months. And I finally said, I said, he is playing you like a drum. And he was. She would enable him. She would do things to just allow him to continue on a destructive lifestyle instead of letting him see the consequences of that. And that brings me to my next point. It's so important for us, our children, to understand that there are consequences when they do things wrong. They have to know if they act out, there has to be consequences. If they do things that are wrong, there has to be consequences. Because, and this is why it's so important, if we don't train them that there's consequences tied to their bad behavior or their breaking of rules or doing things wrong, you will have a teenager or a young person that does not know about consequences. And it's much easier to teach them about consequences when the consequences is making them stand in the corner or give them a, a, you know, a well-timed and a thought-out spanking instead of going and visit them when they're in the Wayne County Jail. It's much easier. It's much easier to do it now. You think it's hard now? No, no, no. When they're little, that's when it's easy. It's when, it, when it's hard is when they get full grown and you literally have hardly no influence on them whatsoever. So it's so important that we do it now when they're young. Proverbs 22:15. How many scriptures we have this morning? A bunch, wasn't it? We had a bunch of scriptures and, and we could have had a lot more. There's so much in the word of God concerning raising our children. Proverbs 22:15. A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness. You know, we all used to be young one time, right? We all used to be young. And they're no different today than we was back then. I, we all know how much trouble we got into. Not necessarily the trouble we got into, but we all know the things that we snuck around and did, right? Come on now. We all know the things we snuck around and did, and your parents don't know nothing about it, and they probably still don't, right? Well, guess what your, kid, your children are doing? <laughs> yeah, let that light bulb go off. <laughs> Has it went off yet? <laughs> I see a couple out there, yeah. Mm. We got to train them up. We got another slide. We got a slide here this morning. Young man standing in the corner. Standing in the corner. I hope we have a slide right there. Five minutes in the corner is better than five years in prison. Discipline them now so you don't have to later. You know, and really, when it comes to discipline, it does not matter to me. You have to do what works for your child, okay? For some children, a stern word is all it takes. For other children, standing in the corner works, right? For other children, uh, you know, you might take away their privileges, whatever that may. But for some children, 
They need a good hard spanking. Now, here's the thing. Now, I didn't say beating them. I didn't say that. But a well-timed, well-thought-out spanking will not hurt your kid one bit. I mean, it might for a couple hours, but it will not hurt your kids one bit. Now, now, now hear me on this. Now, don't shut your mind yet. If you will, if, if they need a well-timed and a well-thought-out spanking for something bad, and you take care of it in the right manner, you will be amazed how few of the spankings you ever have to give. You'll be so surprised. You won't have to do it every week. You know what, I, you know what my dad used on me, don't you? You know how many I got? I think three. You know why I only got three? Because of that right there. That's why I got <laughs> You know? Can anybody relate to that? If it wasn't for this, how many? Well, let's not talk about me. Let's talk about you guys. If it wasn't for this, how many would you, would you have gotten? If it, you know, if it was a little, if it was a, you know, a little old, if it was a flight swatter, you know, with a, with a fly swatter, get, you know, spanking with a fly swatter, mamas, I'm sorry, but them fly swatters, you might as well just put those fly swatters up, mama. Okay? <laughs> and I'm not condoning spanking, but the Bible does. But here's the thing. It don't matter if they have to stand in the corner or whatever. Now, see, with Ori, I'll tell you, you know, the, I'll tell you what works with Ori. And this is almost the only thing that works with Ori. And this is it. Ori, take your iPhone and put it in there on my dresser. Oh, my goodness. He, he is suddenly transformed. Into <laughs> trans, transformation, right? Right before my eyes. Suddenly, there's, there's this young man falls to his knees. No! Anything! I'll do it! I'll do it! Anything but that. Uh. <laughs> uh. So anyway, here's the thing. There is some type of discipline that your child will respond to. And you've got to find out what it is. Don't give up until you find out what they respond to. And when you find out what works with them, you, you'll, you'll be amazed uh, how much easier it is. Nanny 911. Everybody heard of Nanny 911? I think it's even off the air now, but what a great show. You see, I, I, you'll see kids or what's the other one? Super Nanny or something like that? Super Nanny, yeah. Super Nanny or Nanny 911. I'll tell you what I've realized about watching that show. I don't know. It's probably on YouTube and reruns probably. Uh, probably on Netflix, stuff like that. But uh, anyway, what I learned about that show Man, there are some families that they go into, those two ladies, and I would give them no chance at all to turn those situations around. Zero chance. But you know what? Through discipline and being consistent, they turn them around. Like every time. Every time. So see, this is not an impossible task. God is not asking us to do something we cannot do. He shows us how. He tells us how to do it. Thank you, Lord. 
In closing, I, I, I just want to close in this. In 1 Kings, 1 Kings 1, we don't have this scripture for you, but you can, you can read it whenever you want to. In 1 Kings 1, we read about King David, and he, and he had four sons. And David had promised the kingship. When he died, he had promised it to Solomon, okay? And everybody knew it. Everybody knew that when David died, when King David died, that Solomon was going to be king. And everybody knew it, but there's one that refused to hear it. He refused to respect authority. He refused to respect his dad, those around him. He refused to respect the law. And I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. Huh? No, it's not Axlam. It is Adonijai. Somebody says, no. <laughs> I think it is. I think it's Adonijai. Adonijai, Adonijai. A-D-O-N-I-J-A. All right? I think I got it just right. I think you're right. So anyway, so he was one of King David's sons. And you would think that King David, I mean, he was wise, and we know that Solomon went on to be the, be the wisest of the wise, and you'd thought that King David would have raised all of his sons the same. But I want to I read one scripture to you. 1 Kings 1, verse 6. 1 Kings 1, verse 6. And it says, Now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time. And what he tried to do, because his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, he tried to steal the, the kingship from Solomon. And you know what ended up happening to him? Because he had zero respect, because he was not trained, because he had never been disciplined, he lost his life for lack of respect and honor. He lost his life. And we don't want that to happen, do we? No, we don't. Stand with me, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In closing, I'm going to tell you one more hard thing that might be hard to, hard to hear. Is that okay? Yeah. You know, sometimes we get to eat strawberries, and sometimes we, gotta, we have to take a knife and cut the word and chew it on a while before we can get the, the word digested, you know? And sometimes this stuff's hard to hear, but it's, it's the truth, though. Okay? This is what I want to share with you. Now, you might think that your children need more stuff. You might think that they need more video games, more toys, more events to go to. Uh, you might think they need a bigger house or you need a better car or on and on and on, let me tell you, they don't. What they need is mom and dad. And they need mom and dad to spend time with them. They need mom and dad to go outside and play ball with them. They need mom and dad to leave their cell phone in the house for 30 minutes. 
while you go outside and run around the yard. You know why I think, uh, you know why I think that grandchildren like to go to grandparents' house so much? It's because when my grandson comes to my house, he's five and I act like I'm six, okay? You wouldn't have guessed that about me, would you? Well, it's true. And I think that's why we have so much fun. I'm not worried about not nobody thinks. I don't care if somebody's taking a picture of me. Me and him, we're going to have fun. And we're going to do what he wants to do. We're going to go out and run and chase the dog and, and go out in the woods. And we've got a, we got a, a cave, we call it, down the, out there in the woods. It's not a cave, but a big tree fell over. And there's a humongous hole in the ground where the tree was uprooted. We call that our cave. See, that, that's, what, that's what your children need. They need you. They need your influence. They need you to hug them. They need you to kiss their cheeks. They need you to tell them how much you love them. And, and uh, they need you to tell them that God has great things in store for them. They need to know those things. They need you to go for a walk with them. Take them to the park. You know, I'll tell you what. I know I'm, I'm old school, okay? Now, you just know that. I, I, I'm old school. But what, a lot of times, you, what you need to do is go to Dollar General or to Walmart and buy a ball and take that ball out in the yard and kick it. And that's all you need to do. And take your kids out there with you, and that's it. They don't, they don't have to buy, buy them an iPad or an iPhone, or they don't have to have Nintendo. They don't have to have all that stuff. What they really have to have, they got to have you. That's what they got to have. It's true. It's true. As, as you, uh, I want to pray for our kids this morning. So I know most of you have kids. Uh, you know, I encourage you to come. If you don't want to come, I guess you can pray where you're at. But I will say that it takes faith to walk up here. And God sees that. He knows that. Bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray for your kids and I'm going to pray for you. And then when I get done praying, I ask you to come. Heavenly Father, we just worship you and we praise you, Father, for all that you do for us. And we thank you for your wisdom and, and your guidance and your knowledge that comes from your word. And Father, I just pray that you will help us, Father, to walk in wisdom. Help us to take that knowledge and turn that into action. Turn that into wisdom, Father. Father, I just pray for every young person here, every child, every newborn, and all the way up, all the way through college age. I pray for each and every one of them, and even the ones that are, are out of college. Father, I pray for each and every one of them that their heart will be turned toward you. I pray, Father, whenever that the, when their parents speak to them, that they will listen, that they will know that there's wisdom coming from the parent's mouth, and they will see that, and they will act accordingly to that. Heavenly Father, I pray for every parent here, every grandparent, that they will walk in love, that they will walk in wisdom, and they'll walk in the knowledge that you have given them. Father, I pray that over everyone here, in Jesus' name, amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. 
If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.